Welcome to the Grove this morning. I do want to help all of us figure out what it means to not miss Christmas, to truly be connected with the Christ of Christmas as we dig in together today. Uh, one last time before Christmas Eve, it's hard to believe, but also easy to believe that uh, we are one week away from Christmas Eve. And it's, uh, goodness, it was uh, 60 degrees yesterday. Feels like Christmas, like a southern Christmas, right? <laughs> I think they got it right, except for the snow part. Let's, uh, let's pray together right now. Father, across this room, there's probably every emotion we could possibly imagine as we walk into this season that we celebrate as Christmas. There are hearts that are excited. There are hearts that are hurting. There's hearts that are like shaking their head of the human they're a part of because they don't understand what's going on. And Father, if ever we needed you, it's at this moment. So God, I just pray that you would spiritually wake us up that you would heal what needs to be healed that we would realize who you are and what you've done and why you did it and what difference that makes in our lives and we would be transformed from the inside out by you through the power of your holy spirit may we not walk away from here without being different because of you in jesus name we pray amen Amen. All right, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. Uh, the biggest spot where we're probably going to be hanging out this morning, the longest area we'll be at one spot will be, guess what? Luke chapter 2. I know that's a big surprise, but we got a lot of ways around to get there. So, as a starting spot as a spot where we get on the diving board and we begin to dive off whether you're with us in this room whether you're watching us online I'm glad that you're here and I really believe that this is a message for you and a message for me um, before I ever stepped foot into this week last Sunday afternoon I got messages of things you never could have imagined never wanted to hear and had to deal with those this week and some of you have had to do the same thing and you've dealt with with friends and family and hurts and pain and here's a reality Christmas can be one of the loneliest times on earth it can be one of the spots where just question after question after question comes and loneliness is a tough pill to swallow so I want to share with you some hope today that it clearly doesn't come from me. It's clearly from the Holy Spirit of God because it's clearly from His Word. And as we're dealing with how not to miss Christmas, we want to talk about Emmanuel. God who is with us. Again, feeling alone, feeling lonely is one of the toughest places on earth. Whether your loneliness is because of a of a broken relationship, whether your loneliness comes uh, because of uh, the loss of a relationship or the loss of a loved one, 
Maybe it's dealing with a sin that has you in this moment, that separates you from the people that you know and the people that you love, and it makes you run and you feel alone. Maybe it's a a very real thing because maybe you and your family have, have just kind of settled into a brand new city. And maybe you've got the two or the three or the four of you, but you feel alone. Well, I've got really, really, really good news for you. How many of you in this room just 100% realize that God is good? Do you realize it? Do you understand that in your life that, that we serve a God who is good no matter the circumstances that we are walking in or walking through? We've had people in this hospital, I think of another one that's lonely, sitting in a hospital. It's just, you feel alone even though there's many, many people around. Maybe that's one of the scariest ones to have all kinds of people around you and to feel alone. But we know that God is good and, and, and you believe that He has your best interest. You've read it in His Word. You have camped out there. You realize that is what's going on. And, and you probably believe and you probably know that well, a lot of you know what happens when this life is over. But there's also a good chance there are people that are in this room right now or that are listening under the sound of my voice that don't realize, that don't understand what life is like when this life is over. And it's a game changer. And it begins with Emmanuel because we want that hope. Here's the truth. God made the way. Crystal clear, he made the way. He takes our fears, he takes the things that seem to rip us apart, and he is the one who can give you eternal hope. And he gives us the only way that we will never have to be alone. That's what I want to talk with you about for a few minutes this morning to encourage you, to challenge you. He even says in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he says this, he says, and I am with you just when you really, really need me. Is that what he said? I am with you when it gets harder than you can handle. I'm with you when you actually are all alone. What did he say? He said, I am with you always. Every minute, every second. Matter of fact, you go back to Deuteronomy back to the Torah, back to the very beginning. And then it's quoted two or three times in the New Testament. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So if you are the one who is feeling alone in this moment, I want you to know that you aren't and you do not have to be. Let's walk through this together. Let's get a little deeper. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word, the Word, that is God. 
God became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says that we observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. He gave himself to us. So God became human in the life of Jesus. It says in this, in this translation in the um, Christian Standard Bible, it says that he dwelt among us. And in our minds, dwelt means that he might maybe hang out with, live next door, be a neighbor of, be with us in some shape, form, or fashion. But this word is kind of a neat word when you go back and look at it. It literally means to put up a temporary tent. Isn't that weird? Why would they use, and God became flesh and he put up a temporary tent among us? If you go back to the oldest translation, it says he tabernacled among us. So it was like a, a holy tent that was put there among us. It was temporary as he came to live among humans. Now, why was it temporary? Well, because we know the rest of the story. He not only came to, came to us like in a manger, but he 33 years later would die on a cross and then about a month after that, 40 days after that, he would ascend back to the Father. So it was a temporary tent, a temporary tabernacle that he physically would be on earth with us. And it says, we observed his glory as the one and only Son and the Father. Why does the fact that Jesus physically came to earth matter so much? Why does the truth of Emmanuel, why does it affect us in the way that it does? Why is it written about in the book of Isaiah and in the book of, 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 of the four Gospels? Why is it there in all of the Gospels that, that he came here and that he was Emmanuel? Because if Emmanuel hadn't died on a cross, it would have just been a man. And if it had just been a man, then you and I would not have a Savior. It would have been a man who died on a cross who did not get up. But yet it was Emmanuel. It was God with us. And he was that God. He is our God and he was the good news. And we have a Savior because of him. So then you look at what John says there. He says, we observed his glory. You remember what happened when Moses wanted to observe his glory? He had to look at him from the backside under the cover of the hand of God or he would have died. But if we look in the face of his glory, because the temple veil has been torn from, torn from the top to the bottom, would we not die as well? Well, no. It didn't happen as he laid in a manger and it won't happen as we see him face to face. It says to boldly approach the throne of God because he is now God with us here's the cool thing even though he left the earth physically he's still very much with us and it even gets better john chapter 1 in verse 18 no one has ever seen god but the unique one who is god himself is near to the father's heart he has revealed god to us so the unique one who is that who is the unique one i'm asking you it's Jesus. It's the Word. It's the presence of God in our presence. 
How did he get to us? How did, how did God reveal himself to us? Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, we read this last week. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son. And they will call him, there's that word, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's the best news in all of eternity that God is and came and was and is and will be with us. So I've got four things on your outline for you, and I hope you've, uh, hope you've got these or can jot these down. I think they will be helpful to you because you understand that Emmanuel is God with us now. Emmanuel is our hope for eternal life, the one and the only. And the plan continued after that. God made this plan, and then he began to fulfill this plan. I think it is very appropriate that you and I stand together and read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 and following. If you can stand with me, please do. For a moment, Luke chapter 2 and following. If you're watching online, I hope that you'll pull your Bible out and read or grab your phone and pull up the Bible app and follow along as well. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census that was taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria and all returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census and because Joseph was a descendant of King David he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea David's ancient home and he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee and he took with him Mary to um, Mary to whom he was engaged who was now expecting a child and while they were there, the time came for their baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night there were angels staying in their fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them. And they were terribly afraid. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him with this sign, by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And then just like you sang a few minutes ago as we were worshiping, suddenly an angel joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Lord, may you be honored by the reading of your word as we dig a little deeper today in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Let's go a little deeper with this. There's some important things that we have to grasp and hang on to. I think that you and I, while we have a lot of gifts to give other people just to show our appreciation and to recognize who God is and that maybe Christ was given very real gifts that were very symbolic of his life that would happen, we give gifts uh, in, in remembrance of that, I hope, and they're not just things that we do but what if we give this gift 
to Christ this Christmas? What if we give the gift of how we please him with our lives this Christmas? What if that is the biggest gift we have to give? And just a couple of them. The first one is this, to trust Emmanuel. Trust God with us. Trust Christ If there's one thing about Christ that I think you will recognize quickly as you trust him is that when you trust him, he changes you. If you trust Christ, he he changes you. Trust is why Jesus came. It's what he did for us. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, the apostle Paul writes this, I have been crucified with Christ and and I no longer live. It's not me anymore, but Christ lives where? In me. That's Emmanuel. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the story of Emmanuel. So Paul says Christ lives in me. Christ is in us because of our faith and our trust in him. It's not by the works that we do. It's not by the baptism that we do. It's not by the prayer that we pray. It's through trusting Christ by faith that happens in your heart. He is the one who, who, who puts the call on our life. He is the one that by his Holy Spirit says, trust me. And then we have to trust him by grace through faith in the Son of God. Jesus is in us by the presence now of the Holy Spirit. So when he physically left, he said, I don't leave you alone. I leave you a helper. I leave you one who is with you always, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we can never forget that this cost Jesus his life. John Rice said this. It's probably one of my favorite Christmas quotes. You've probably heard it for 10 years or for the first time today. Either way, I want you to hear this. You can never truly enjoy Christmas until you can look up into the Father's face and tell him that you have received his Christmas gift. What was his Christmas gift? It was Christ in the flesh, Emmanuel, who would be born to not only be raised by his parents, but to be the discipler of all disciples, who would also give his life for you, who would be resurrected from the grave to live again, to ascend back to the Father. And here's the good part. It's even closer today. He's coming back. So it ain't over yet. So trust Emmanuel. The second one is this. Talk to Emmanuel. God is with you. Talk to him. God is... I hate to mess up your country songs, but God is not the big big man upstairs. He's not the big guy upstairs. If that's all you see, you fail to realize that he is God with us that he came here, that he came near. And when he came near, he did not leave. He is present even now. He stayed here. Here's the strange truth. Christ is not just with us. He's not just with you. He's in you if you have trusted him by faith. He is the one that reminds you that You know, when you're crossing that line and you know that it doesn't honor him, how do you know that? I'm just telling you, you're not that smart, you're not that wise, you're not that good. 
It's the Holy Spirit of God saying, whoa, where are you going? What you doing, what you thinking, why you saying? It's the Holy Spirit of God that reminds us that because he is present in his Holy Spirit with us as we have trusted him by faith. So he's not just with you. He's not just beside you. He is in you because you have been reborn by the power of a holy God, and that is through Emmanuel. So in that, you are never alone. I want those words to be branded and pressed to your heart and to your mind because there will be times in this life when things happen and life happens and it's not good and people give up. And the reality is, is that God is still very much with you. David Jeremiah said, all the Christmas presents in the world are worth nothing without the presence of Christ. All the gifts, all these things that you're given are worth nothing without Christ being with you. You'll still be wanting. How can you have millions and billions of dollars and still be looking for something that will satisfy how can you have a million followers on some social media and still not be satisfied? Because you got all these presents with a T, but you don't have all the presence of Christ. That's what we have to have. That's what Christmas, that's what Christmas is all about. That's how you don't miss Christmas. One last thing that I see here that we are called to do, not just to trust, not just to talk to, but to tell others, tell people about Emmanuel. You've been given the most incredible gift in the presence of Christ. It might start with simple things, though, but you and I have to be the ones that, I mean, this was the intention. This was, this was Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. This was Matthew the very last three, four verses that we have the truth and we share the truth, that we make disciples, that we baptize, that we teach everything that we have been taught by God through His Word and through His Holy Spirit. Has anybody told you happy holidays this year? I'm not offended by it. I just realize there's so much more to it. And while I don't want to come across as a smart aleck or you don't know what you're talking about, because usually you're told that you got to do this at your place of business or your work or your school or your whatever it is that you are a part of where you spend your life making a living. And so you do what they say because you have to. I have a really hard time, though, because I, even two weeks ago, I had someone who was helping me with something, and they said, I hope you have a happy holiday. And just gently as I could, and I said, Merry Christmas to you, too. You know what I got back? Merry Christmas. Because people realize what it's about. The truth is that without Christ, your holiday is a mess, a mess. You need Christ in it. We have to have it. It's, it's, it's just gifts. It's just family. It's just travel. It's just food. 
if we don't have Christ in the middle of it. So why tell people about Jesus? I think maybe the best way for us to grasp this is to see this quick video. Check this out with me. I don't know if you had time to see the numbers that were flashing up on that stage so fast. Eight billion people on this planet, half of them have either never heard or don't even have access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If there's one thing I know from the word, from reading it to cover to cover, from reading through the gospels, from reading reading through the book of Genesis as we've walked through over the last couple of months, what we know is too good to keep back. And we are called, all of us, not just your ministers, not just the teachers here at the Grove, all of us are called to help take it there. And you may have noticed that Jesus' return is closer than it's ever been. And it may still be a long time out, but it is closer than it's ever been and I think it's super appropriate that as we begin to wind this down and I give you a quick challenge that we close this with maybe one of the most incredible missionaries a lady who walked the face of this earth now Lottie Moon is certainly one of those and I'm going to give you some ways that you can be a part of that but in this mission to get the gospel out a lady by the name of Corrie Ten Boom said this who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. That's why that happened. God so loved the world. The perfect gift is that he gave his one and only son. The only requirement is to believe. The only requirement is to believe 
in him, to trust him by faith. The reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. That is how you have a Merry Christmas. Right now, I don't want people to feel alone, especially when it comes to the realm of forever. And I believe this is probably the heart of all of you in this room. So people will never have to experience or live life alone. How does this happen? Three things that I give you as a challenge to you this day and this week. The first one is pray. I have been blown away over the last couple of months when I get up with a heart and an attitude and I say, God, I don't really know what you have for me today, but if there is an opportunity to tell one more person, to encourage one more person, to speak truth about Emmanuel, God being very present, I want you to do it. Use me. It's really cool. When I got that heart and I've got that attitude, it usually shows up in front of me somewhere. And it will you as well. Because the same Holy Spirit who abides in me is the same Holy Spirit who abides in every person in this room who's trusted Christ by grace through faith and the Son of God. So pray, but also pray specifically. We have 3,500, I think the number is 57, international missionaries all over the world. We have one who has sat in chairs in this room several times. He played ball with my boys growing up. And he's, an, he's, a, he's a missionary for the International Mission Board, and I can't even tell you where he is because he has taken the gospel to people where it's illegal to hear the gospel. And it's beautiful. Pray for, pray for that young man. Pray for my friend Stephanie, who's in the same kind of place, but she's in Southeast Asia. They're not that far apart, but they're worlds apart. She is in a place with her family where it is illegal to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I did a funeral with a man on Friday who was a missionary in southeastern um, Mexico, not too far from Mije de Ismo that you gave $26,000 to uh, two years ago to help fund uh, the, gospel, uh, the, uh, the first and second Peter so they could have the word for the first time. And guess what he's doing? He's taking the word to a people who have never had the gospel. And I think he's been there for 23 years doing this. Pray. Secondly, do this, and our church is so good at this, and so many of you are so faithful in this, and it's one of the highlights of my year to get to do this, but don't just pray, give. Like, financially. That's what the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is all about. It's about those 3,500 plus missionaries. It's about the half a billion people on planet Earth who don't have access or may have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because those 3,557 missionaries 
have shared the gospel over the last 12 months over 187,000 times. <laughs> I feel kind of little and weak and insignificant. Because if I was on a perfect record of doing it every single day, that would have been 50. I mean, that would have been 350 over the last year-ish. Let's help them live in the place where we might never get to go so that we can share the gospel. How do you do that? You text GIVE, real simply, to 256-233-50800. When you get into it, you'll have a little designation you can put in. You'll find Lottie Moon underneath that. I encourage you and your family to pray. Uh, we've got uh, three more Sundays that we will go together through this year. And let's just see what God can do with what we give. Let's just see what he does. It may be a sacrifice. It may be just abundance that God has shared with us. And we give that back to him for that purpose. And the last one. This is an uncomfortable spot for you. But it's something that I'm commanded to do and that we are commanded to do together. To go. Pray, give, go. What does go mean? There's a very real chance that God is calling someone or some people in this room to actually take the gospel to a group of people that have never heard it, that don't have access. That's mine and your calling in this life. It looks different for all of us. We may not all go to, to a foreign country to do this in some way, but there are foreign countries even right here in the United States where there's no access to the gospel. Our job is to take the truth of Emmanuel there. Now here's the one thing that's stopping us and the one thing that's messing us up and the one thing that just doesn't work. If you don't know Christ, you can't share what you don't have. So how do you get Jesus? Super simple. Jesus said it like this, you must repent and you must believe. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn from where you're going and go towards Christ. It means to turn from your sins and to trust Christ by grace through faith in the Son of God. And trust. Put your faith in. Let go of everything that thinks that you can figure this out on your own. And say, I realize what you did for me on the cross, Lord. I realize that that blood was shed for me. And I need you. There is no other way. You are my Emmanuel. Drew will be around up here. I will be around up here. You may have had a friend that brought you today. And I guarantee you, they probably know the gospel as well. And they would love to talk to you or they know how to get you where you can get there. I want you to stand with me across this room. I want to encourage you to stay where you are. Not moving backwards, but if God is working in you, you move forward. Maybe you need to come and you need to pray at this altar. Maybe you need to surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you need to surrender your life to praying for our international missionaries. Maybe you need to surrender your wallet to the Lord and, and say, Lord, what do you want me to give? What, what are you calling me, my family, to do? Or God, maybe you're calling me to go. Maybe that's what's been going on in my life and I haven't listened. And I just need to listen to you. If you got stuff in your life you just need to deal with, maybe if it's loneliness that you're dealing with and you can't even fix that, then maybe we pray with you today. Just let us, just for a moment. Father, 
the power of your Holy Spirit, Emmanuel, God with us. Now God in us, work in our hearts right now. In Jesus' name we pray.